Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you all from God the Father Almighty and from our Savior from sin, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever thought about how important ladders are? Here at Berea, anytime we have a light bulb that goes out, it's obviously something you can't just reach up and unscrew and replace. It's quite a process. You need a ladder. You need a tall ladder to be able to reach these light bulbs and replace them. But we use ladders for many things. And usually we use ladders to reach things that are inaccessible, things we would not otherwise be able to reach, such as those light bulbs, or maybe clogged gutters at your home. Sometimes we use ladders or stepping stools to reach things that we want to keep out of the reach of our children. Maybe like those special chocolates or a weapon in your home. But we also know ladders can be used to rescue things and people. Think of the firefighter who uses his ladder to rescue that cat stuck in a tree. Or, if you've ever known someone who was in a burning building on a second floor or third floor, they certainly were very thankful for the ladder company of the fire department to show up so that they could use that ladder to rescue them from their perilous condition. So ladders are important. We use ladders to reach things that are inaccessible, and sometimes ladders are even used to rescue. This morning in our sermon text, we hear of a dream that Jacob had. Now remember who Jacob is. He's the grandson of Abraham, son of Isaac, twin brother to Esau. But Jacob lived in a tent, so he didn't really need a ladder to rescue him from a second or third floor of anything. But Jacob certainly needed rescuing. Jacob had lied to his father, tricked him in his blindness in giving Jacob the blessing instead of Esau. Esau, his brother, found out about this and wanted to kill Jacob. And so Jacob is on the run. At the time of our text, he's already 70 miles from home, having traveled several days, leaving his home with only his staff in his hand. He's on his way to his uncle Laban's house in Haran. And so as we come to our text, we see Jacob on the run, but God giving him a dream. Here Jacob sees a ladder. And on that ladder, he sees angels coming to aid. And from the top of the ladder, he sees the Lord with precious promises of God's presence and protection. We read of this dream of Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, taking today verses 10 through 17. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you 
and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So far God's word. Even so we pray for his blessing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Imagine some of you might remember this account from Sunday school lessons or Bible history lessons in school. It's quite a dream that Jacob has. And it's so amazing that as Moses writes it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he calls our attention to a number of things by using the word behold. Now behold, using that word is like saying wow or check it out. Moses really wants us to pay attention to what's taking place in the text. And there's three things he wants us to behold. Behold, a ladder. Behold, angels. Behold, the Lord. What Jacob sees and hears from the Lord, Jacob says, is awesome, full of awe. What a comfort this dream would be to Jacob as he grew older and went and experienced many different things, especially things at Laban's home in the years to come. So it's no wonder Jacob, after seeing this dream, responds by saying, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. As awesome as that place was, it becomes even more awesome when we learn more about this dream Jacob had. 2,500 years after this event at Bethel, Jesus references Jacob's dream in a conversation with skeptical Nathaniel. Remember Nathaniel, the one who said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel was amazed because Jesus knew Nathaniel before they had even met. Jesus says, before Philip called you, I saw you. Nathaniel's amazed at that. But Jesus tells Nathaniel he will see something even more amazing. John chapter 1, verse 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, you will see heaven open, sound like the dream, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Do you understand what Jesus is telling us? Referencing this dream of Jacob, that Sunday school story you've had, that Bible history lesson you've heard before, Jesus says, I am the ladder. Remember, 
Ladders connect us to things that are inaccessible, things we could not otherwise reach or grasp. Jesus is the ladder that connects earth with heaven. And what a great ladder he is. He connects us with that which is unreachable to us, heaven. For those who sin once, those who stumble in keeping God's commandments, even once, the Bible says it's as though you committed all sins. You were guilty of all because you didn't fear, love, and trust in God above everything else. Even one sin made heaven unreachable for us. Like Jacob, we were on the run from God because we had sinned against him. Our sins separated us from him so that we could have no sort of peaceable home life with the most holy God. But Jesus came to be the ladder, to be the one who would connect earth with heaven. As God from all eternity, heaven is his dwelling place. But Jesus tore open the heavens. He became man and was born of the Virgin Mary here on earth. He came to be your brother, one of you, your substitute. Jesus was confronted by situations like Jacob where if he had lied, he may have gotten what he wanted. When on trial, he was asked whether he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. If he lied, it may have spared his life. But unlike Jacob and unlike us, Jesus only spoke the truth in love. He entrusted himself to God, even when it cost him his life. The result of God becoming man could not be more glorious. Jesus came to be your holiness, your righteousness, your perfection. And through faith in him, God says, that holiness, righteousness, and perfection is your very own, as though you had done it yourself, as though you had never lied or deceived like Jacob had. And through his sacrifice on the cross, God says now he remembers your sin no more. Heaven has been torn open. Paul writes to Timothy, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Jesus is the awesome ladder that connects us to heaven. So Moses says, behold, a ladder. What's his second behold? What does he want us to pay attention to next? It's what Mo Jacob saw on the ladder. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Angels are something that intrigue a lot of people. But it's important that we listen only to what the Bible tells us about them. They're powerful spirit beings that God created during the six days of creation. In Psalm 103, the Bible says that angels are God's mighty ones who do his word. The angels are described as a host or an army who carry out God's will. So they're not like those chubby little babies with wings that we see in those precious moment catalogs. Angels are mighty warriors. 
Why did Jacob need to see that? Why did Jacob need to see God's angels ascending and descending on the ladder? Remember, he's on the run. He's alone. His future is uncertain. But God reassures him that angel aid is on the way. He's sending his angels to come down to Jacob to protect him. And the angels are ascending, taking his cares and his prayers to heaven. And even though Jacob would not see these spirit beings from day to day, he could be certain that God was sending his angels to guide him and protect him in all his ways. Remembering that Jesus is the awesome ladder that Jacob sees, we too can be comforted by what Jacob sees on the ladder. Remember what the Bible says the angels are sent out to do. These mighty spirit warriors are sent out to serve those who are to inherit salvation. Did you get that? God sends his angels to serve those, to minister to those who will inherit salvation. That's the believer. That's you. Psalm 91 says, God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against, his stone, against a stone. You see how awesome a ladder this is? It connects earth with heaven. And on Jesus, that ladder, God sends you his angel aid to watch over and protect you. What's the third behold that Moses uses in our text? It's what Jacob sees at the top of the ladder and hears. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said... What a comfort that would be to see God's presence. The Lord himself was at the top of the ladder. From his throne room in heaven, he makes some amazing promises to Jacob. Remember, Jacob is all alone, just his staff, not married, no kids. And yet God says, your offspring are going to be like the dust of the earth. They're going to spread to the east and the west and the north and the south. Furthermore, you're going to come back to this land you're fleeing from right now, your homeland that you love so much. God says, I'm going to bring you back. And your offspring are going to inherit this land. Then finally, at the end of verse 14, we read something that should make every one of your ears perk up. Because this involves you. The Lord says to Jacob, In you and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now how can that be? Has your family been blessed by Jacob? Have all the families of the earth been blessed by Jacob? There's one, only one explanation for this verse, and this is the promise of the Messiah, the Savior of the world. God has made the same promise to Abraham and Isaac, and now he makes it to Jacob, that your Savior, who would be a blessing to you and your family, would come from the family of Jacob. The Lord goes on to promise more to Jacob. As Jacob flees his home and leaves his family behind, the Lord assures Jacob that he is with him and he will keep him and protect him wherever he goes. 
and that he will bring back Jacob to this land. And then the Lord says that he will not leave Jacob until he does all that he has promised. What precious promises of protection these were to Jacob. And they're all promises of grace, aren't they? Jacob didn't deserve any of this. Think of what he's just done. He broke the fourth commandment by lying and tricking his blind father, Isaac. Furthermore, he broke the first commandment, didn't he? Rather than trusting in God to make sure Jacob got the blessing, Jacob and Rebekah took things into their own hands. Furthermore, what is Jacob doing to earn these promises at this moment? It's on the cover of your bulletin, isn't it? He's sleeping. What can a sleeping person do to earn or deserve anything? While he sleeps, God promises great and precious things to him. This is grace. This is undeserved love. Jacob not doing anything, God promising to do everything. And the Lord has done the same for you. Through the awesome ladder, Jesus, that connects you with heaven, God has showered his precious promises on you. He's promised you that he's with you always to the very end of the age. He's promised you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Paul writes that all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Jesus' resurrection from the dead on Easter proves that God keeps every one of his promises and will not break one of them that he's made to you. God kept that impossible promise of raising a dead man to life after the third day. So if you believe that Jesus really died on the cross for you, and if you believe that Jesus really rose from the dead on the third day, and you guys all believe this, then you can be just as sure of every single promise God has made to you in Scripture that he will keep all of them. Until, as he said to Jacob, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Until that day, you are taken on the angels, by the angels to the top of that ladder in the very throne room of God. Here on earth, God will keep every single one of those promises. Through Jesus, you are forgiven. Through Jesus, you are reconciled and at peace with God. Through Jesus, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. These promises of God's presence and protection are yours through that awesome Jesus ladder. So, are ladders important? Ladders give us access to things that would otherwise be inaccessible to us. And sometimes ladders are used to rescue us. Nothing was more inaccessible to us than heaven. So let us rejoice that Jesus, the God-man, is the rescue ladder that connects earth to heaven, that sends you God's angel aid and promises you his presence and protection. Truly, this is awesome. Amen.